Get on the map with center. Do you have any test operation in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight, but first, let's introduce the members of the Posse Girls. Get ready. Sit down. Get your... <laughs> Get your mister, get your fan, get your big box of Kleenex. This is embarrassing. We have a guest in the studio. Get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes, your squeegee and your lube, because the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hey, baby. What's happening? Hi, Valerie. Hi, Mac. Hello, girls. How's it going? Glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, You're still wearing my hat. Yeah. Winter hat. Okay. Am I I stealing your persona? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not as well. You know. Did you get the uh, the big tongue laundered yet? Sounds like a no. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> didn't. from that, let's move on. No Coco tonight, still out there saving the world. No Switchy Man, tonight. I miss Coco. I mean, Do is you know? he okay? You heard uh-huh. from him? Yeah, I hear from him all the time. Okay, all right. Hmm. I only get worried about him when he sends me an email that's less than 18 pages, you know what I mean? Yeah. With um, cryptic uh, coded, coded messages. Coded stuff. I don't know. You know, half the, I have no idea what he's talking about. More than half the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, so, uh, but our uh, good friend up there. And so, no, oh, I'm sorry. I went up the tunnel pole the wrong way. Our security chief is with us tonight. Willie Club, WC, how you doing? You know, Mac, I'm doing great. It's great, great to be here tonight. Yes. Everything just seems aligned for me tonight. Really? So I'm really looking forward to the show. Really, yeah. By the way, speaking of Coco, I mean, I love the videos he sends. And videos? He sends some really good ones. What's yeah. this on you? Porn? Porn? I get a lot of information from him. That oh, way. okay. Oh, he never sends me videos. I wonder why. Well, because he knows you probably won't open them. Okay. So this was that you I saw down at the casino fighting the state cops there Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't fight. Just that guy. Anyway. Uh, so, listen, well, we have a, um, a guest in the studio with us. Very rare. A good friend, Valerie LaFaso, is here. We're going to clap for her. And she's going to find out what it's like to have it sweetened up in post. Valerie, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me here. I'm so happy to be in the studio. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, for one, you were here a long time ago. Yeah, you? okay. a couple years ago. Hmm. Seems like a very long time it ago. Does. But you're back, and uh, you are an empath, and you're also someone who is a ghost hunter. Yes. And uh, as uh, the regular listeners know that, we, there's a ghost here in this uh, radio station we're in, in Exeter, New Hampshire, WXCX. And um, I hear him all the time. Other people in the staff hear him all the time. And um, and I saw him once. And, and once, saw him once. So tonight, what we're going to do through the magic of radio, uh, Valerie is going to um, walk around the studio here, see what kind of vibes you get. Is that how it works? Yep. And see what's happening? Yeah, I'll just, you know, go where I'm drawn and, and see what kind of information comes through. Okay, cool. And then we'll come back and report on it. Okay, so looking for Bob the Ghost. 
tonight, and then we're going to be doing a bunch of different other things. Uh, Raven, what's the name? You sent me that um, that video. Of, what's it called? The Tortured Man. What's the name of the painting? Yeah, the painting is called The Anguished Man. The Anguished Man. This is a haunt, another haunted painting story, which is uh, which is cool. We'll be talking about, and now we're going to be talking about the club. That was a kind of interesting story about that meteorite from way, way, way out. Yeah, it really is, and I've uh, been doing a little research on it since yeah. you sent that along to me. So yeah, right. I'll have uh, some details to go over with that tonight. Cool. And uh, I just want to uh, remind everyone, I'll just um, mention again that um, last week, uh, well, a few weeks ago, we had the World War II Trivia Contest, and uh, we donated the money to Homes for Our Troops. And um, they've since got in touch with us telling us that they're still receiving donations from people who heard that show and uh, are donating to Homes for Our Troops. So, you know, that's really good. I know we goof around a lot on here, but, you know, it's good to know that the word about Homes for Our Troops is getting out to people out there, and they're actually donating money. So that's cool. That is super awesome. That's very cool. I I'm so, glad that our yeah. show is providing value add for that organization. Right. Homes for Our Troops. They build, they build homes for uh, disabled veterans. I hate using that term, but people who have lost limbs in Iraq war, the Afghan war, since 9-11. And they uh, build them the home, and they uh, make it easier for them to get around. They're one-story homes. There's no stairs. There's low counter space, stuff like that, easy for these people to get around. And then they just give them, give them the house. You know, These houses are worth 480000 to $500,000, some of them. They just give them the keys, rip up the mortgage. It's yours. They deserve it. Homes for our troops. So, yeah, Google them, look them up, hopefully throw them some dough. So, uh, once again, we get quite the show for you tonight. But why don't we start off, seeing as uh, this is going to be uh, looking for Bob the Ghost Night, or a lot of ghostly things tonight. We have a top ten list. Am I correct, Raven? Yeah, we have a top ten list. We have top ten reasons. It's cool to be Bob the Ghost. Top ten reasons. It's cool to be Bob the Ghost. I think we've done this probably four or five <laughs> times already. But let's try no, it again. No, I think Bob sent this in. Maybe it Bob came from an email them. address that I didn't recognize. Really? So yeah. Mm. No, we got to watch. He out might for have that. had a hand in this. Okay. All right. Yeah, it might be interesting if he if he doesn't like some of the uh, items if he reacts here in the studio, acts negatively. Thank you, Claude. So yeah, I'll be we'll looking here, and our security guy will be uh, safe at home. <laughs> Donald Walton, yeah. he should be here with us. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see if we piss him off or not. Okay. So top ten okay. reasons why it's cool to be Bob the Ghost. I guess stop the music here. Please, Raven, number 10. All right. Uh, gets high with Casper. Gets high with Casper now. <laughs> I want to get high with Casper. Okay. That's probably a fun time. Who was Casper before he died? No one ever figured that out, right? He was like a little boy. Oh, Didn't he have, like, oh, pneumonia? Oh, really? How did he die? In a bank robbery or something? Was it violent? Pneumonia? Okay. <laughs> number nine, please. That's another shot. Let's Google it. Yeah. That's a good point. Number nine, please. Uh, number nine. Uh, can finally say F you to the IRS. There you go. Sorry, Club. Death and taxes, you know. <laughs> All right, number number eight. Uh, why it's cool to be Bob the Ghost. Number eight. Can finally wear a bralette without facing ridicule. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the show a few weeks ago, but we had a very long discussion on what bralettes were. Oh, my uh, God, that sent me. Please. Uh, number next, seven. Please. Uh, drinks all of Pistol Pete's beer. Blames Mac and the gang. See, it's been going on for months. Okay. That's true. That's really happening. That's, one, that's where it's going. Uh, next one, please, right? Number six, uh, he's got hot chicks like Valerie looking for oh, him. Oh, that's inappropriate. Oh. Come on. <laughs> flattered. It was hot. Okay, next, please. Number six, nope, number five, uh, knows all the secrets of the universe. Still doesn't give a crap. There you go. Okay. He's a lazy ghost. Okay, next. Wow, let's go through these. Okay. Yeah. All right, run out of gas. Let's go. Number four, uh, can eat an entire bag of potato chips, a dozen donuts, four hot dogs, 
and drink a chocolate martini and not have to take a tum. Come on. That's down to play. Wow. This on? Okay, next, please. Uh, number three, he, Elvis, Abe Lincoln, and Pliny the Elder, Pliny, can go take a spritz whenever they want. Wow. 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 Who is Pliny? Pliny the, Pliny the Elder. He was a friend of Socrates. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. that one. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to cut that one off. That. Go ahead, please. Who do you think you're talking to? Where are we here? Socrates. <laughs> Number two uh, mm. is now in a serious relationship with the smoke show babe from Poltergeist 4. There's <laughs> <laughs> some intentions. Oh, man. Okay. All right, here well, we go. It took hours to put this together. You ain't kidding, man. Go ahead, please, Raven. Number one, I hope. Number one. Um, it's cool to be Bob the Ghost. Toilet seat up. Toilet seat down. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's the best. Note. Okay. So Bob the Ghost, we'll just give you a little bit of background, and then we'll go to a break. <clears throat> Bob the Ghost, so we're in this, uh, it's like a house. Would you agree, Valerie? Doesn't it look like just another house on this yeah, street? Yeah, it looks like it used to be a ranch. Mm-hmm. And it's in like kind of a cul-de-sac in a, in a, in a um, kind of development, but a nice place, nice kind of um, side street. Nice residential neighborhood. Right. Yep. And you wouldn't kids really know. bicycling back and forth. and Yeah, kids, lots of kids. And there's, a, there's a nice golf course out back, exit a country club out back, very ritzy place. And, um, of course, ducks. You got the, lot, the, got ducks, the ducks out there quacking. So there's also a ghost in here because the guy awesome. who used to be the engineer here lived right up the street. And he spent like 35 years here almost every single day taking care of stuff. Um, we believe he might have dropped dead here. We're not sure about that. But since the uh, operations uh, moved from Newburyport to here now about three or four years ago, we're here late at night, and we've heard stuff. I hear stuff here all the time. Juan has seen someone walking through here. We saw someone walking through here, and we went frantic and checked every door, every window. Should have been here that night, Valerie. Holy cow. And couldn't find anybody. I thought it was a cleaning guy or something. Something. And I was curious about, did he leave the door unlocked, the back door? Which way did he come through? Right. Who is this person? I didn't know who it was. When you come through the front door, um, like a bell rings throughout the building. So you hear someone coming in, okay? So if someone comes in, you'll hear a bell ring. Now, there are times we've... I've heard people in here hear no bell ring, but I've been here and heard the bell ring, which is awful. And then you go out there and there's no one there. So it's creepy. So Valerie has, uh, you know, volunteered, let's say, so we're going to walk around the building. We're going to see what kind of vibes she picks up and see if we can uh, actually see if Bob the Ghost is still here and whether he's kind of pissed at us. So why don't we do this through the Magic Radio? Why don't we go through a break now? And when we come back, we will have done this ghost hunting um, segment, and we'll tell you all about it. How's that sound? All right? Yeah, it's, I'm doing this by... Um, off the top of my head, we're, as you can tell. We're okay. winging it. Winging it. That's the winner. Club? Can that I ask good. one thing before we go? Yes, there? please. Uh, Valerie, what's what's the vibe like right now, just sitting there? In the studio. I connected with him before I even got here. Oh, wow, cool. The, the, wow. So, yeah, it started, so it started on my drive-in. <laughs> wow, okay. All right. Maybe good. he will be pissed at that top ten. Who knows? You know? <laughs> Let's see. So that's what we're going to do, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Villain Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. 
Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, is Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Macaloni's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Chaco Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, I'm out of breath because I just took a tour of the radio station. I'll explain why in a second. Girls, the very famous one, one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Okay. Welcome back. Mo Coco. Hope, hope your heart rate isn't up there too high. We'll see. Um, uh, no Coco, no switch. They're going to be back with us very, very soon. However, Willie Club is here, our security chief. Willie. Hi, Mac. Great to be here. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got a feeling we're going to have quite a report because when Valerie came back mm -hmm. before you, she had like a twitch. A twitch. <laughs> so <laughs> really waiting to see what's going on. A twitch. Maybe we'll take a deep dive into that. I don't know. Maybe she won't. <laughs> who knows? You know, so anyway. Our Her eyes were bugged out like a 61 Austin Healy Sprite. <laughs> okay. Random <laughs> reference, but we're like up there in sideways New York is our favorite good witch. Raven is here. Raven, how are you? My friends, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Week six. Good to see you, Raven. Is it week, week six of the hairdo or five? I lost count. Um, it was mid-February was when I got it done. Okay. Yeah, I'm bad positive. at math. What's so mine? Looks good. Okay. Get the bangs Thank going you. on. I actually just gave them a trim last week because they were getting mm -hmm. a little below my eyes. So oh, I just wow. did a little boop, boop. Hmm. And what do you think? Switch is going to be so mm -hmm. jealous. Oh, wait till he sees this. Yeah. Yeah. The more hair. He sees the worse he feels. What are you drinking there tonight? It looks like chocolate milk. Cause... Chocolate milk? Ew. I don't like chocolate milk. No. I got my, my Kolsch, of oh, okay. course. Oh, right. Just okay. in a little koozie. Oh, okay. All right. So, listen, uh, you know, witnessing all this is our guest in the studio, our good friend Valerie LaFasso. Valerie, thanks for coming down to the studio tonight. Yeah, I'm glad I could be here. Okay, we've talked thanks, about this Valerie. for a while. And the thing is, is that. Um, Regular listeners know that there's a ghost here in this radio station. We talk about them all the time. We hear about, about them. We hear them all the time, especially when we're here late at night. One line has seen them. Other people have seen them. So Valerie is a ghost hunter, among other things. And so she agreed to come up and take the vibe of the building. So um, in that break, or in the previous break, we uh, did a walk around in the building. And um, uh, upstairs and downstairs in this kind of suburban-looking house-type structure at the end of a kind of dead-end street next to the New Hampshire so, Valerie, I'm going to turn it over to you. What did you feel? What I, I know what the answer is, but tell us what you felt, especially when we went down to the first floor at first. Yeah, so um, let me start by saying that, you know, I've been in the studio a couple years ago, and first time I ever came here, I could definitely feel a presence. Um, you know, I, especially I was sitting in a different place, and the door was out of the side of my eye, and I could... I always felt like something was going to be walking by that door. And I think I did see something walk by when there was nobody else here, but I just assumed you had other people 
in the building. Um, we usually don't, but go ahead. Right, which I found out later. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, go ahead. Yeah, so there, there's definitely the feeling of, you know, being watched when you're walking mm-hmm. through any part of this building. Mm-hmm. Um, downstairs, the hallway does not have a good feeling. It's very dark. It's narrow. There's lots of doors. There's lots of rooms that don't have windows. Mm. And it's just, it's a very strange kind of oppressed vibe mm. down there. It does feel different down there. There's yeah. no doubt about it. When we walk down the stairs, and, and I never go down there, um, when we walked down the stairs, Valerie walked about halfway down the hall and just stopped and went, uh-oh. So... <laughs> So, so what do you what do you feel? I mean, do you feel tense? Do you feel anxiety? What do you feel when you're feeling something? Oh, it's so hard to describe. It's it's just kind of a general discomfort was what I was feeling down there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I connect with individual spirits, it'll affect different parts of my body typically. Yes. Okay. Um, but like building locations, um, you know, that'll be more of kind of an overall thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it helps you guys that you do have that swamp out back. There's the a swampy swamp area. Right. And, you know, there's What's water. Bad about it? What's bad about the swamp? Well, it's stagnant. It's really mm-hmm. like right now it's not very full. There's It's not running water. Right. It's not um, at this right. moment. It's not running water. Right. And water carries energy. But if the water's not right. going anywhere, the energy can't go anywhere. Mm. Um, but it will find ways to move around and it will be attracted to certain things you know it mm. something about the energy out there may be attracted to somebody working in one of those offices down there and they could be affected by that mm. they may hear what's going on in the studio and get curious mm. um so you can you can attract the energy out there in, in lots of different ways um so definitely be aware of that Valerie, <laughs> did you notice any difference in the temperature was it colder it's Monday? a lot cooler you, you downstairs very hot up in, in the uh, studio you're in right it's it's a lot cooler downstairs yeah um, well i know it would be anyways but i mean did you notice like a real extreme no i didn't feel any of that um i didn't notice it down there um just the the energy discomfort especially and i, I think part of it is it's not set up the way it's supposed to yeah, be it doesn't look right it looks oddly set up there's no doubt about yeah, it. yeah there's no. a lot of weird hallways and cut throughs and right just strange closed off rooms and Um, nowhere for anything to go. And it's all, you know, it's confusing. Someone down there, I don't know. I know that they have an accountant down there. I think they have a real estate person. They, they rent space in the bottom floor. The radio station rents space to people on the bottom floor, but someone down there definitely has some kind of a, um, shredding operation. Would you say? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's one room down there, a shredding paper shredding. One room down there is just like full of shredded paper. What the hell are they doing down there? Uh, They're just like keeping it. It's it's all. I guess they must throw it out to the trash. But they there's doing a lot, someone's doing a lot of paper shredding down there. I thought paper shredding went out with um, the internet. No. Well, we might want to have the FBI take a look at that. I'm wearing my security. He said all back together. Yeah, I, I always look for things like that. Mm, you know, that's, uh, I of, still shred paper. That's you know, you're talking about in a business where there's a room full of it. Yeah. No, that sounds that's up weird. To me, uh, a red flag. It's <laughs> yeah. one of the windowless rooms too. Yes, there's, yeah, there's a lot of rooms down there without <laughs> windows, which is weird. That really bugs me. Yeah, that I, there's rooms with no windows. Mm. Like that really bothers me on like a colossal level. <laughs> Who would want to work on oh, those? It, it is the basement. Yeah, it, it would be a very difficult place to work. Yeah, in, yeah. In yeah. One the of those AM transmitter is down there, right? Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. There's a whole new kitchen. Another kitchen down there. There's 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 going to be twelve rooms down there. I I thought there was like four or five. It, it, I um. 
it, it felt unusually large. Yeah it, yeah, it felt larger than what the footprint should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Walking from room to it room. It was to room. disorienting. What is this end? It's strange. It's very strange down there. So, so do you feel? I mean, do you feel Bob himself? What, what do you? Yeah, he's definitely here. And I mentioned um, earlier that. I connected with him before I even got here. Okay. Um, whenever I'm doing any sort of investigation or a clearing, um, I will do a ritual before I get to the location to call in my guides and protect myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I start to connect or can potentially start connecting with the energy. Okay. Um, and it, it was very enthusiastic. I think he's excited to communicate. Okay. Um, you know, generally noisy spirits, they're just trying to get your attention, well, you know. Mission accomplished, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's trying to scare anybody or no. anything like that. I think he's oh. just trying to live, live his afterlife as best as possible. Well, is he, what, so is he stuck here? He, used to, he worked here for more than 30 years. We think he passed away here. Is he, is, as they say, spirits are stuck. Is he stuck here? He's he's a stuck spirit. He's not a crossed over spirit. Okay. Um, the stuck spirits, good name for a band. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and so I don't know if this is that person for sure. Okay. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that I, when I connect with spirits, that it affects different parts of my body. And mm -hmm. when I connected with him, I got a sharp pain in the back of my head. Mm. And generally that indicates that the person passed from something like an aneurysm, mm. um, something that would affect their head mm. in a very painful way. And I was also getting pain in my back. Um, so whoever this person was, the feeling was that they didn't know what was wrong with them. Something oh. was wrong with them. They were getting this pain. They thought it might be a heart attack. Mm. And then boom. Boom, gone. Gone. Wow. Can, can that be transferred? I, I got some pain in my back right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, well, I, I mean, if you're an empath, you could ago, be so. picking it up. Yeah. I'm hmm. kind of concerned that it might come through the lines here because I don't want to bring Bob into my, uh, my humble well, abode okay. if I can help it. <laughs> I thought he was going to say he has a pain in the ass. <laughs> well. Okay. So, so, beside you, the point. Go ahead, Raven. Um, do you think that there's more than one spirit there aside from Bob? Um, just, I'm curious because of how you said that downstairs was very, very like dark and like uncomfortable. Mm. I do think that there have been other things here at the moment. I don't think there's anything else. Um, but with the amount of equipment that is here, like I, I wish I had brought my, uh, K2 meter just to see the, the EMF. Yeah. Um, right. it's gotta be off the charts here. And I believe that that does attract energy. Um, so I, I think that things are being attracted and they probably come and go. Um, okay. but, uh, we have the antenna out back. Does that antenna, uh, assist in drawing, uh, spirits either in or out, or perhaps creating some kind of, uh, electronic disturbance in the communication paths of the spirits and us? I don't know that it's the radio tower. So I don't know if that yeah. energy of like the electricity generated by that is quite as extensive as like the equipment running everything in here. Mm. Um, okay. I, it may You're attract right. things a little bit, especially because it is right in that, that stagnant water. Right. So I that's kind of is. a weird Sometimes it's combination. It shouldn't be in water, but it is. Part of it is. And, yeah, we've, we've seen that ground, antenna and there's a foot of water around it. Yeah. Dunk in the water too. Yeah, not supposed to be like that. Yeah. Um, so, the interesting thing is that there was a um, there's another gentleman who worked here. Uh, one one knew him. His name was Mike Hatem. Remember Mike? And he passed yep. away of uh, he passed away of COVID. Um, boy, maybe a year ago, maybe maybe a little more than a year ago. Nice guy. He was an ad guy. He loved our show. Always liked to talk about our show. And um, 
whatever. Very upbeat about his uh, business. Always upbeat. And, and very, business in general. A, a very energetic guy. Okay. okay. And yeah. um, not the kind of guy. He had a motorcycle, think, too, didn't he? He had a motorcycle. He was an interesting guy. He um, did a lot of ads for um, you know network TV and stuff like that. And he was always trying to um, get us up to the next level. Uh, good guy. Um, he um, lived with his uh, girlfriend. She got sick. She didn't want to go to the hospital. He. Apparently, he might have caught it from her, and, and instead of disturbing her, he passed away. That's kind of, <clears throat> that's kind of a romantic way to pass away. Does that does that make any difference on you know how quick you go up to heaven or whatever? If you go romantically, <laughs> no, it, that, that doesn't make a difference. It is Bummer. individual to the spirit and and or the soul that's passing and their personal beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if he felt like he had unfinished business, that could keep him stuck. Right. Um, I didn't sense his presence necessarily. His Residual energy, yes, mm -hmm. but not like an active That's, conscious presence. You know, it, it's interesting because I knew him and I didn't know Bob. But anytime I'm here hearing noises late at night, I never think it's Mark. I hate to say that because I knew the guy. I always think it's this Bob guy. It just seems a better explanation. I don't see Mark hanging around where he worked, frankly. He's probably hunting like Thirsty Moose or someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Some place he was happy. Well, but, plus you were having activity before he passed away. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, well, Mark's territory was out with customers away from the building, whereas Bob lived and breathed true. what was going on in the building right. with all the uh, equipment and stuff that he had to work on. This was his domain, his territory, his home. Thirty years. And you said he lived like right down the road yeah, too, the, right? Next, next house up. Oh wow! Oh, that's really close. Yeah. So it's almost like I wonder if. Because spirits can move, so maybe he goes in between the two because it's something that feels comfortable and he's used to it. I would, I would think it's likely. Do you know if family of I, his lives there still? No, I think I think it's a different family. Okay, they probably don't even know. What's um, going on. He probably can go there. I would think you know because if you are living and you you go between these two homes and you die, you're still mentally. I can go between these two homes. It's true, right? Um, however, if he's Aware enough to know, well, my family's not there anymore. He may not go there very often, mm -hmm. um, but he certainly can. So, so yeah. how how can he, you know, pass over? Is he is he eventually going to go pass over completely? Or um... yes, he should. Mm -hmm. um, I can help him with that if you guys want me to. Yes. Um, how? It it's a it's a process of talking to him and finding out what he needs mm -hmm. in order to move on. Okay, because generally. Individual spirits, you know, have their their thing, right? Their unfinished business, their personal beliefs, or whatever that's mm -hmm. holding them here. Mm -hmm, so right. it's just, you know, it's kind of ghost therapy. Can you do it now? Um, I can try. However, I generally have to do it like in my head, so it'll be it would be quiet. So it might be better for me to try to tap in during a break. Okay, let's take a break. Um, okay, that's okay. We'll do that. We'll tap in through, and we'll have advice. This is cool on how we can help Bob the Ghost pass over. And then we won't get blamed for drinking all pistol peach beer, <laughs> among other things. Uh, so why don't we take? Is a, there any downside risks in the the endeavor to uh, do what you say you're going to do, Valerie? Well, he says safely from his house at the Mike Quimpasaki. <laughs> Go any downside to what we're doing? Only that you won't the, have him hanging around, scaring you anymore. <laughs> Did you hear the explanation? Please say that again, no, Valerie. So the only downside is you won't have him hanging around, you know, bumping things okay. and, and freaking you out. Hmm, okay. I don't know. I think I'd, I'd like him hanging around, but then I'm not in the station as much. Yes, as, uh, you're not there, my <laughs> brave soldier. So, Mac, no. are you ready to part with Bob? Yes, yes. I'll tell you the, uh, the full disclosure. The other night, no, no, maybe three shows ago, I was here, and you know, when uh, we download the show, it takes a long time to download the show. 
onto the file. Then I download it onto the thumb and just as a backup. And I'm, I'm here. And it, it takes five or six minutes for this thing to – and I can just hear something downstairs. It sounds like someone is um, um, – Stumbling over stuff, you know, stumbling around. Moving stuff around. Moving stuff around, right, yeah. Working. Stumbling over the shredded paper. Yeah, maybe working, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what I did? I said, you know what? I don't need this, man. I just took the thumb and, and got in the car and drove home. You know, I, and I've never really – I've stuck it out before, but there was just like so much noise. It was just so creepy. Um, you know, I left. I left, so. Valerie, I've been with Mac when he does the scaredy cat thing. He, he is How dare cat. you, scaredy cat, man? Good I've time. seen you <laughs> – Wow. <laughs> he is. He's not, he's not fooling when he, told, when he tells you he ran out the door. No, I'm not oh. kidding. No, I'm, I'm very upfront about it. Oh, I forgot to lock the door. He's going to go in there with the key. <laughs> I've done that. I've had to come back. But if you're, alone, if you're alone somewhere yes. and you start, because I have, I have I know. that in my house, and I left one night. I was like, I don't need this. Mm. I'm leaving, and I left my house. Is, is, look, at the, look at the ray of sun coming out of the window behind her. Look that's at that. my halo. That's your halo. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. that's yeah, my it's halo emitting really light. good effect there. <laughs> I wonder where mine is. I know what it's like to work in the studio by by myself because I always did. I tended to work night shifts. Yes. Except when I worked on a Saturday. Was it haunted? Uh, no, the place wasn't haunted. I okay. wished it was, but because then there'd be something to talk about. But it it can be creepy in it in that it's You're by yourself. It's too quiet sometimes. It's mm. too quiet, even though there's programming going on and you go upstairs to the bathroom and it's like all right you mm -hmm. expect to see somebody coming in the door because it's open for business all the time except that you know, after five o'clock everybody bails out like okay. crazy this, and you're there by yourself this is a hundred years ago but were you a quote-unquote scaredy cat when you were there sometimes yeah. really? okay so Re reason reason being is i had a little bit of a talk show at night yes and i might have said something uh off-putting to somebody yeah and uh Occasionally, I'd look out and see if my precious Mustang was out there. Oh, really? Sometimes I'd see another car out there. Uh, yeah. You thought they were not, coming for you? Coming to jump you? Employee car. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was worried more about my car than my, about myself, <laughs> to be honest with you. My question is, is why would Bobby Gross want to hang around and listen to this stuff? You think it's time for him to move on? That's so, why he's banging the stuff. That's why he's banging the stuff. Get out of here. I mean, you Also, I had a couple of uh, play Misty for Me moments because there used to be a. Uh, a facility down the street that was open for business. Reference to an old movie, Clint Eastwood movie, not a bad the, movie. The old uh, Concord uh, Hospital, and uh, you know, the joke was uh, some woman would come down to the lobby and you know drop a quarter into the payphone and call the station, request something, and she'd be weird doing it. Ah, oh, interesting. And I, I thought they were just goofing with me, but it happened to me one night. It was just kind of a weird. Someone from a state hospital? hospital because I felt okay. This is a play Misty for me moment. I'm going to go with it. Play Misty is this uh, story about a uh, DJ who is haunted by a woman calling in and there's murder involved, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, okay. On that note. And Clint Eastwood was in it. Clint Eastwood. Really cool. The last good movie he ever did. Um, why don't we take a quick right now, and Valerie is going to, in her head, try to come up with some kind of therapeutic help for Bob the Ghost, and maybe he can move on. So you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Uh, we will be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. 
Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Since we're on Mac After Dark right now, yes. the guy with the teddy bears, yes. Prince Andrew, yes. like plug your ears if you don't want to hear this, but oh, I feel like everyone, everyone knows that like he's... He's those bears, right? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, really? It's gotta be. Why would you have that many yeah, bears? He, I couldn't say He's rubbing up against, show, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's freaking He's at least rubbing up against. Yes. I'd be more inclined to think about Delicate. that. Four, at least you could have hit Barbies. Right the outside door. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. He came right out and told us what it is, baby. I like that. He's rubbing up on him at the very least. That's immediately what I thought, because who has that many bears? It's so weird. Well, I don't think about the little ones, but you said there's a someone said yeah. there's like a oh, yeah, five footer by the front door in his room mm -hmm. i'm sorry if you're gonna go for but it you can at least get the one people wait to come see him yeah jocko just is rebuttal at the very least so this is a guy that's running around with sorry but this is a guy that's running around with epstein exactly yeah and, and 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 this is like a revelation that we all think that maybe he has having sexual congress with stuffed animals that are well, dressed in sailor suits yeah, i'm not thinking about it i know most i say it that way it's most of dirty them. i know i'm sorry I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm not thinking about it in my police mind hey, there's no doubt about J it jocko says at least he probably opens up on them think about that for a second <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I couldn't. Wow. Oh, what a nut. What a nut. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. We are in a ghost hunting mode. Um, very famous one. I want to say, girls, first of all. Hello. Hello. Um, How's it going? No, um, no Coco. No Switch. But they'll be uh, returning in a, in the near future. Uh, Willie Club, our uh, security chief is here. Willie. Hi, Mac. Hi, gang. The show is Hello, starting to get a little uh, scary now. Yeah, I know. It's getting a little things creepy. That, uh, going on there. I'm, I'm glad I'm uh, looking at you at a, <laughs> at a distance. Thank you very much, Club. We appreciate that. Oh, we're, that we're, was... we're right behind you, though. We're okay. backing you guys up. Thank you. I appreciate that as well. Better you than us, Mac. <laughs> wow, all of a sudden. <laughs> also with us is our favorite good witch, Raven, up there in Sideways Neon. Raven, how are you? Hi, my friends. I'm very good. Thanks for having me. See, now you like the creepiness part of it, don't you? I do. Guilty yes. okay. <laughs> pleasure. Guilty pleasure, okay. I uh, wish I was there. Really? Yeah. Well, you, can be, you can be at one with the creep factor because it's not really creepy to you. It's just another, uh, it's like More walking in the rain. It's just who cares, Yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, speak for yourself there, Jasper. So listen, in the studio with us tonight is our uh, good friend, 
Bradley LaFazzo, empath and also ghost hunter. Now, uh, regular listeners know that there is a ghost here on this radio station where we broadcast from WXEX in Exeter, New Hampshire. Right? Very close to where the Exeter incident, UFO incident happened. But exactly. Ghost well, tonight. Pretty much walking distance. Today. Really? And, um, and, and so uh, Valerie was nice enough to come up to the studio and to uh, walk through the building. And uh, we heard in the previous segment that it was uh, it's very creepy in this building downstairs. And the guy who was the engineer here for 30 years and who we believe died here seems not to have moved on. His name was Bob, Bob the engineer. We hear him here. We hear something here all the time late at night. Other people do, too. Um, we were just talking to a staff member who uh, heard things as well. And the owner says, you know, every once in a while at night you hear something. And I we hear the same thing. It sounds like someone is moving stuff or, as uh, Valley said, probably working, you know, because the guy worked here for 30 years, plus he lived right up the street. So uh, the way these things go apparently is that some people, when they pass away, they go right to wherever we go, but some people are kind of stuck, and it seems like Bob, the engineer, might be stuck, and Valley is nice enough to offer him maybe some therapy to help him move on to the thereafter. How's that, Valley? Yeah, that's great. Um, I was able to connect, I think, and um – He's actually very ready to move on. Mm. Um, and so I have a, a really, what I think is a good idea for how to help him. Okay. Um, but it's going to mean, Mac, you and Juan Juan especially are going to need to help out with this because you are right. the two that have been in the studio the most mm-hmm. and you've been right. doing this the longest. He's most familiar with the two of you. Do we have to, do we, do we keep our clothes on? Or do we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just checking, just checking. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Do we have to bring money or anything like that? We'll talk about that off the air. Uh, No, just kidding. Um, So because this is a radio station, this was his job, if you guys can think of some way, like, at the end of the show to close out for him, Hmm. whatever, like, the sign-off is for radio, like, you know, Bob, you are now going off the air or whatever. Okay. um, You know, that's going to finalize things for him Uh uh and let him know that, it's okay to stop working, and mm. you can now go to where you need to go. Thank him? Yes. Thank him. Honor him, thank yep. him. Interesting. And, okay. and let him know that, you know. Okay, everything's cool. You can move on. The equipment works, kind of. And uh, <laughs> yeah, right. it's time to move on. Well, put your shirt back I on. I said. chills. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Raven. We have, we have something going on that wasn't going on years ago, and that is – uh, a radio station 24-7 live in the next studio. Right, true. That is uh, live assist. It's oftentimes after 6 or 7 o'clock at night run by computer. Right. Maybe he's mad about that. I mean, basically, it it, it, it took a lot away from his job because everything in these radio sh- stations these days, everything is automatic. A lot yeah. Automatic, you know, so yeah. Valerie, when are we going to know? How are we going to know if he does get the message that it's time to leave and he decides to move on? Is this something... Some signal or some indicator that, you know, would be out there? Mac won't be a scaredy cat anymore. Okay. Oh, he's always <laughs> <a scaredy laughs> Come on. Is that, the, is that the answer you're waiting for? I, I don't know. No, uh, truthfully, I mean, well, what? How? I mean, realistically, it should feel better here. It mm-hmm. will always probably feel kind of creepy, and you will probably have other things come in and out um, because of the energy that we talked about earlier, but not to the extent that I think – this guy's hanging around here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he won't give us a sign like he tips over the uh, cabinet or something. That's up to him. If he wants to, um, I will let you know what I feel. Um, and then, you know, I think it'll be interesting to hear going forward how it feels and sounds and, right. and you know, what you experience here going forward. So if you came back in a few weeks, you'd be able to tell? 
Hopefully, yeah. Mm, okay. All right. So the idea would be to just kind of thank him for, for the work he did here on Earth in the station. You know, it's the work. So, uh, yeah. Okay. we got to remember that's how we'll do that. That's how we'll close the okay. show tonight after the plugs, okay? We can barely remember the plugs some night, so we got to remember this particular thing. <laughs> I'll make sure you remember. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, well. Yeah, Bob doesn't go out of his way to be a pain. No. We just feel his presence, and that's that's on us. Yes. I mean, he, he is what he is, and if we feel his presence or not feel his presence, he probably doesn't have a whole lot of control over that. So that's on us to be comfortable with it and to acknowledge it and to maybe converse with him in a way that is uh, non-threatening and, you know, maybe pop open a beer and, you know, have a drink with him out in the uh, the dining room area. Now with and, him. Then, uh, and then shut off the lights after that. Now know, he's he's like the victim? Party. He's the victim? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> You know, it's yeah. you know, it's not a bad idea though to you know toast to his memory every now and then. Wow, yeah. um, we've done plenty of that. We just haven't mentioned his name. You okay. know, he's right. he's definitely not malicious by any means. Right. Yes, right. He's yeah, not right. here exactly. to freak you out and scare you. He's here to do his job. I get the feeling that he actually likes you guys because you mm. are energetic and you have a presence and okay, you cool. know you're you're here and you're doing stuff and. He's excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Club is laughing his ass off for some reason. <laughs> well, we're going to lose a listener. <laughs> okay, well, huh. Okay, so um, we will do that. We will um, thank Bob at the end of the show. We will honor him, and then we'll just, uh, you know, keep tabs on what it's like here late at night going yeah. forward, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a commercial break now and uh, regroup? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Money's Military Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Special Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Wow. This is Mac Maloney with a show we have tonight. We have been ghost hunting Bob the Ghost in this radio station here that we broadcast from WXEX in Exeter, New Hampshire. Our good friend Valerie LaFaso, empath and also a ghost hunter, is here tonight giving us a lot of information about Bob. Uh, Bob is definitely here. Bob the Ghost is definitely here. And we're going to uh, salute him at the end of the show to maybe make his 
passing over to the afterlife a little um, a little smoother. All right, you finally get him there. Anyway, so it's a kind of a ghostly show tonight. So, Valerie, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Here in the studio. Also, uh, Girls of Experience, Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, Girls. Um, Interesting show tonight. I'll say. Uh, Willie Club, our security chief, is here. Mac, it's great to be here, and I uh, appreciate you inviting me tonight. I, I'm a little concerned about what's going on now because, you know, Valerie said she's seeing images now mm. from side to side. So I'm sort of watching my button here on uh, Zoom. Button? Because I'm getting ready to go off if things start bouncing around. Oh, if something happens, <laughs> you're going to bail. Okay, thank you. Well, Valerie, did you say you saw images or are you just feeling it? I'm seeing things. Seeing I'm seeing wow. shadows oh, and movement okay. around. Oh. Yeah, like, my, my hand's on the power here. button here because I don't well. want them coming through. If you're going to send them away, my concern is that he's going to be looking for an out. He's not going to go out the front door. Yes. He's probably going to be going through the system there. And where's he going to go? Where we are, probably. <laughs> when he's, hopefully he selects... You know, someone other than myself, and, and I'm sure he'd, he'd probably want to select Raven. But uh, so wow, you no, know, this is this is getting a little spooky now. Uh, also with us is a good friend, uh, uh, good friend up there in Sideways, New York. Our favorite white witch, good witch, Raven. So I'm all I'm all a flood up, Raven, because of this whole ghostly thing. Yeah, you're a little you're spook spook tonight. Uh, and hello, thanks for having me. There's weird things going on. Club has already said he's going to bail on us. You know, yeah. Valerie's putting her coat yeah, on. She's that? ready to go. Come on, Club. Well, I'm not. I, I don't scare easily. Yes. But I, I don't want that thing in the house because I, right. you know, that would affect my family. I mean, I'm, sure. I'm a tough guy, but mm -hmm. yeah, we're know, not I making light of this. Anything. We're not fooling around on this thing. We're, not, not, we're not like joking. We're not. This is not fake. This is, this is really going on mm -hmm. in no, the and, studio. Know what Valerie's talking about? Right. And that's a. It's a real concern of ghost hunting teams that don't know what they're doing that just bring in a sage stick and banish the spirits mm -hmm. like you don't know where they're going you know if you're not yeah. working with somebody like myself who has been training as an intuitive for years to know what is happening you don't know where they're going mm -hmm. um you know so i i understand his concern i can pretty much guarantee that it's not going to jump through the the, the lines and, and get him. <laughs> it's, it's almost like, a, you know, the Ouija board. You know, they talk about, oh, you go. know, you, a lot of people believe that the Ouija board, you're bringing something in. from another I dimension. Love, I love Ouija sure. boards. <laughs> I'm just concerned that it might be coming back at us if you uh, not try to talk it out of the studio. So maybe you shouldn't interfere with it too much. Well, he likes it there. I can tell you this, Club. I've been bringing a different herb, her, you know, herb here, so maybe that will chase them, if you know what I mean. So... Um, we, Open well, the door there, though. No. <laughs> Remember, they used to say at the old radio station, our only complaint is there's a lot of smoke at the front door. But <clears throat> so you're saying so so spirits can't, so there is no ghost in the machine that spirits can't go? Oh, I'm sure they can. Oh, okay. I just, I mean, I, you know, in all seriousness, this is my reputation on the line. Yeah. I try to work very ethically. I'm not going to just banish a spirit and not know where it goes yeah, i'm yeah. going to work with my spiritual team to make sure that this spirit goes where he needs to go mm -hmm. and nowhere else do they ever not want to go i mean oh absolutely they're they're okay with being stuck yes well because it depends on why they're stuck i think you guys um had me on one time and i was talking about the button factory sure the button ghost factory? that guy didn't yeah. want to leave he was a bad guy in life mm -hmm. he found out that he could harass people in death and he wanted to stick around and do that so yeah. we had to force him to go can you quickly tell us what happened to you at that uh 
yeah. that uh, ghost hunting experience? Um, I was training at the time with the medium that, that I developed my intuition with. And um, one of the things that we did was an experiment to see what would happen if we played victim. Um, mm-hmm. Because this, this man who um, was haunting the location supposedly would torture and mutilate people, especially women. So um, several of us, several of the females, each took turns laying down in the space where he was. You're in the Button Factory, an old abandoned factory in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yeah, and and I felt him touching me when I laid on the floor, uh, touching me in places where he did not have my permission to touch me. And the only reason I let this happen was because the medium I was working with was monitoring the situation the whole time, and I trusted her completely. This is not something that like people should just go and do. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know, mm-hmm. her her thing was, if you're uncomfortable, you tell me, I will, I will make him stop. Uh-huh. And we got to the point where I'm like, okay, that's enough. And he backed off, and that was it. And the same thing happened to other people who didn't know what I experienced. Right. Okay. So so you went into a room yourself, laid down. Yeah, with with the medium. With the medium, she was um, there, okay. And laid down on the floor and just you know pretended I was you know unconscious or or whatever. Okay. I was his victim. <clears throat> Was this guy a former employee of the Button Factory? Um, no, he. We believe he was somebody that was somewhat like a prominent businessman at one point. Mm, okay. Um, not sure how he ended up there. I don't. It, this was many years ago, so yeah, I don't yeah. really mm-hmm. remember all of the details. Prominent businessman who mutilated people. Yeah, but this was a long time ago. Sure, right. okay, like this was when, like, when it was a Button Factory, which you know was quite a while ago. Interesting. Wow. So. Um, well, so so was that your first kind of big experience, ghost hunting? Um, you were in training? It, it was one of a few. Um, another one I had was um, at Rolling Hills Asylum out um, in upstate New York. Okay. Um, that was my second ever investigation working with the medium, and I was um, feeling deception from the living people that were running the place. Oh, really? Um, which was really interesting that the medium backed up for me as well. Was it an, was it an old sanitarium or was it a functioning sanitarium? It was a closed down closed sanitarium. Down. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very famous. They do ghost tours and all kinds of things. All of the shows have been there to investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that we had a lot of things happening to everybody that right. was there that night. So, so I mean, one one's already you know put on the record that I'm a scaredy cat. But do you ever get scared? I do, but. You know, at this point, I want to know why I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You know, the last I did an investigation not too long ago. Um, I won't say what town I was in because that I was with a different team and and um, they haven't released it yet. But it was a library, and you you know, you guys know me. I'm I'm a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Books are my thing. So to be in a library after hours in the dark with oh, well, like yes. hunting okay. ghosts, like it can't, doesn't get much better than yeah, um, but it was creepy. It was really, really creepy. I was very scared down in the boiler room of this library. Mm-hmm. There was some weird residual energy oh, there. Wow. Um, you know, so it's it's weird when you're alone in the dark. You don't know the place. You're in a boiler room. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, do I really want to go in here? And it's like, you know what? I'm scared. I want to know why I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's my stance at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's it's funny that you still want to go. Yeah, you're scared, but you want to find out where you're scared. It's a very odd way of uh, looking at things, but you must like it. I do. I love it. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing it? I mean, like we've commented before, you look like you're 19, but how long have you been, <laughs> you've been doing it for more than 10 years? Yeah, I, I officially started with the team I'm with in 2010. Wow. Hmm. When she was in uh, junior high kids. Okay, so <laughs> what, 
Well, it's it's great. And, and how much of this? Because I know you have, a, uh, let's say, a regular job. But how much of uh, the work week do you devote to this? Uh, in a month, in a typical month, how many go sounds do you go on? Um, I mean, lately, not a lot. The the library was the first one I'd done in a while. Um, but you know, uh, I go out for rides all the time, and I'm always looking for weird energy mm-hmm. as I'm driving around, and we find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live, um, and we're broadcasting very close to Pease Air Force Base, right? Mm-hmm. What used to be an enormous Air Force Base. Now it's it's still kind of active, but it's not like it used to be. What, any weird vibes out there? There's definitely not so good things with the land. I actually, my day job, our office is in the Peace Trade Port. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as bad out that way, but if you go like the back way, the yep. back road that goes over to Newington, there's some strange vibes out there. Every time I drive that road, I'm waiting for Bigfoot to run across the road. Now, they used to <laughs> they used to store nuclear weapons out there. Right. Okay? So if you go on that back road, don't you eventually go by where mm-hmm. I, I've always wondered, you know, what the feeling would be there, you know, with, uh, you know, these weapons of mass destruction. Right? Yeah. A, a good friend of mine has seen UFOs and um, strange lights and um, multiple albino deer out that way really Really? albino deer yeah yeah. that's not too good okay wow crazy yeah yeah well that's wild so um what section of peas can you uh, run that by me again because i go through peas a lot but um the the back road that goes from greenland to newington behind yeah behind the airport right so if you go into the main gate of the airport if you find your way down then take a right won't you all eventually just kind of wind up in greenland right i I think so yeah yeah wow well, I don't have to go right up there sometime. Wow. So anyway, you get lost in that area. Yeah, it's so large. It's so, I did it once, uh, helping someone learn how to drive, and it's a good place to do that. Yeah. It just goes on and on yeah. and on, and it's huge, you know. But it used to be one of the most important strategic air command bases, you know, in the world. So there used to be a lot of barracks, a lot of military stuff, a lot of planes, all over the place. As they were slowly making it a uh, mm. civilian industrial area, and there's still, you know, the right the refuelers, air refueling wing. Right located there when those planes come in those huge monsters come in it's like <laughs> right and when uh, george bush was president both of them they have a a summer resort up in kenny bunkport so they would land there in fact that was there once when bush was vice president and uh, he landed in the um and um the secret service came over to us we were there for another media event and quarantined my brother and i until bush was safely in his limo and gone it's, Next to us, it's a good thing they didn't sniff us. They, anyway, <laughs> they just want you guys. Yeah, read, read between the lines, yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah. Oh, so so anyway, so we're going to at the end of the show, we're going to wish Bob well. We're going to tell him that job well done. This BS for you, and then you know we'll be able to tell in the next few weeks. You know if there's any you know less of that vibe when we come in here, and then if you can come back and join us in a little while, and then um, tell us what you think. You know. Yeah, definitely. Think, okay. Okay, so can, I, we can do... I ask a question? Yes, please, I'm please. I'm concerned about Bob, you know, coming through the, the system here, if that happens. And you mentioned that, you know, he touches you inappropriately. <laughs> could I tell him where to touch me? If, maybe it wouldn't be so bad what after all. What is the matter with you? <laughs> I would ex- I'm trying to calm myself down. Okay. I don't know if you had massage experience. If that yeah. makes you feel better. Entities. <laughs> He says, no, I don't know. I don't know what he does, what they do. <laughs> if it makes you but feel if better. I, if I have to put up with them, at least, you know, if I could get some pleasure out of it. Wow. Club. Holy cow. Going yeah. off script. Um, Interesting side of Willie right yeah, there. Yeah, I'll say. I'll say. Mark, so, the, well, I'm just mark the tape, as they say. I'm just concerned. <laughs> uh, so we have I mean, this. He did, he did express a legitimate concern, even though he made light of it. Uh, if, this, if Bob has other skills and attributes that we don't know about, I mean, he has special skills. 
Well, let's let's. Hey, I mean, now listen, listen. That's an outlet for his. Uh, if we're going to take this seriously, life. we're going to say that that Bob the ghost is not a pervert. The other guy was right. Right, okay. that was the button right. factory ghost. Yeah. <laughs> really, please. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to get Bob out. I got to get out of here tonight. I didn't mean that personally. To Bob. No, no. Bob's a nice <laughs> right. guy, family guy, lived right up the street. And, and Bob's not taking an offense, I'm sure. <laughs> Easy for you to say there, brother, sixty miles away. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. You know what? The vibe is telling me we're gonna we're gonna do a uh, segment on a uh, haunted painting that uh, Raven researched, but we're gonna take a quick break now just to you know add up everything, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Macmillan's Mildrax Snow Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Steppe riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. Went to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks on a show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney while I was showing uh, tonight. It's creeping me out. It's a ghost show, I guess. We should be doing this on Halloween. But anyway, let me introduce the members of the posse. Um, girls, very famous one was here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome back to the show. It's been really, really good. Yeah, really creepy, too. Uh, also, yeah. uh, no Coco, no Switch, but our security chief, Willie Club, is here. WC. Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Yeah, this is uh, quite a. Yes. Night tonight, I got to tell you, it's um, just what you expected, right? Wow! Get some holy water and put a, put a candle in the bathtub, because we're talking about ghosts. Also, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York, Raven is with us. Raven, hello, I'm here. And then you're loving every minute of this because you like this ghostly stuff. But you know, I can kind I of saw her light a sage stick in the back. I think she's saging her microphone just so that nothing comes through there. I, I, just... I smoked a sage stick. I was <laughs> so into it. Really? You sure, a sage. <laughs> So anyway, and also in the studio with us tonight is our good friend Valerie Lafonso, who is a ghost hunter, also an empath, but also an author. So please plug your books, Valerie. Sure. Um, so it's the Tangled Web of Friends series, and they are available in print. Um, there's two two books in print, and or three books in print, and two books available in ebook. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it is on Amazon if you just search Valerie Lofaso. Valerie Lofaso, and um, how many do you have all together? Three books total. I'm working on the fourth book in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pain in the ass writing a book, isn't it? I've asked you that before. Yeah, it's you know it's hard, especially working a day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So so many hours in a day. It's just like a lot of typing, you know. And I've been doing it for a long time. I'm still like the worst typist. Why, why, why would that be? Why, um, why would you know? I don't know. I, about, you know yeah, what? I couldn't tell you. I love typing. So. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I mean, you, you would think that I could, you know, type like 100 words a minute or something, but I'm, I'm you know, pack and type. And you need the dictation software. They, they don't. Oh, that's the nuance. It doesn't stuff, recognize right? my, my uh, accent, my Boston <laughs> accent. It screws it all, all right. up. So. I, think, I think we need to fix that. Anyway, so thanks for joining us tonight. It's, I guess it's going to be a, a, a creep fest tonight. So we have a really good story that um, Raven researched about a haunted painting, right, Raven? Yeah, I got another haunted painting. You guys know how I roll. So this is called uh, The Anguished Man. Um, and this is actually said to be as haunted as Robert the Doll and the Chair of Death, which have mm. both been done on the show recently. Yeah, they were creepy too. Yep. Yep. Um, so the current owner of the painting, uh, his name is Sean Robinson of England. He acquired it from his grandmother. Uh, the piece um, has been in their family for decades Robinson's grandmother had it stored away in her attic until her death, um, and that was when it was ultimately passed down to Sean. She claimed that it was evil. Mm -hmm. um, the old woman would regularly see a dark figure of a man in her house, and she heard crying and other strange noises mm -hmm. throughout the ownership. Mm -hmm. um, after his grandmother's death, Robinson inherited the anguished man. Um, shortly after the painting entered his home, his family began seeing a black mass that resembled a man. Uh, they started hearing strange noises and they started hearing crying and moaning. The sounds um, usually came from the corner of their bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, and most often they would see the figure standing at the foot of their bed, just mm. staring at them. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, I'd be out. No, I would, I, I, um, I'd call the moving company two seconds yep. later. And I'd be I, I would be on a plane to another country. That's a good idea. Like, let's put it that way. Robinson so. believes that this phenomenon is directly related to the painting being haunted. Okay. He does not believe this has anything to do with the homes that they live in. Right. Um, he also is quoted saying, uh, the painting is still in our house. And although I never believed in the supernatural, I am now convinced that there is something evil about this painting. Right. If you see the hmm. painting, if you see the painting, it's like a, it looks like an anguished man. I mean, it's just, it looks like guys being tortured that, or something. Yeah, that, that's literally all you can If you say. Google it. Um, Who, who's the artist on that? Because I, I, I'm, I'm looking to see it. Uh, so I'm actually getting to that now. Um, so I just want to preface. No, you're good. Hmm. I just want to preface this. Um, we're going to talk about suicide. So if anyone doesn't want to hear that, just okay. skip ahead 10 seconds. Okay, go ahead. Um, so unfortunately, the artist is unknown. Um, Robinson's grandmother told him that the artist mixed his own blood into the paint. Oh. I was actually not able to confirm what the medium was, but we can assume that it was it was either oil or acrylic on canvas based on how the painting looks. Mm -hmm. And sadly, the artist died by suicide shortly after the painting was complete. Oh. And judging by how the painting looks, like there was... Something was was happening. It's like a here. self portrait, probably self portrait of the guy, maybe you know. But I yeah, something I don't even know. Oh, he, um, he mixed his blood. Valerie, I got to throw this to you. That's a little strange, and don't you think, or is it? I, I don't think anything is strange really? at this oh, point okay. in my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. I know. I like. I I'm personally, I'm an artist. I wouldn't do that, mm. but that's just me. But I mean. You look at what Van Gogh did. Well, maybe you know. I mean, right. I, nothing's weird at this point. Maybe he just needed um, some red. That's all. I don't know. I, I, it feels like he maybe he he put himself into this painting, you know. And and this man was clearly a tortured soul, whoever yep. whoever they were. Yep. Um, and I feel like that's very telling in everything that happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm going to get into. <laughs> so just Google the anguished man, Google it, and you'll see the painting we're talking about. And it, it is just very creepy. Go ahead, Raven, please. 
Yeah, um, like Max said, Google it. Um, so in 2011, uh, Robinson uploaded a video to his YouTube um, of the painting being filmed overnight for, um, I think he said it was four nights. Yes. For, uh, a couple hours, it was eight hours total that he filmed. Right. So at about the 3 a.m. mark, um, the painting is knocked over. No, no gusts of wind, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And for a split second, an orb appears over the artwork before vanishing. And it's very, it's very quick but it's very clear. You can see see this on YouTube. Um, Yep. This is on YouTube. Yes. Another video uploaded around the same time shows a door being closed. You can hear bumping and banging noises Mm. um, in other clips. And his own wife even reported that she felt something stroking her hair while she was in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2013, (laughs) Robinson took uh, the anguished man to Chillingham Castle uh, to conduct a paranormal investigation. That's a very haunted location in the UK. Um, and it wasn't long before the group started to experience cold spots. Um, they started to experience nausea. And in the center of their seance circle, a black mass appeared. Hmm. Um, they believe in an attempt to communicate um, a spirit local to the castle named John Sage flipped a wooden bench to show his disapproval that an un- uninvited entity was brought into his residence. Mm-hmm. So an entire wooden bench flipped over like uh, pretty much out of nowhere. Mm. Um, Robinson is still in possession of this creepy painting. And he has stated um, several times that it is not for sale. um, And anything listed on eBay claiming to be the original is a knockoff. Um, And I don't believe he's ever planning on selling this. I think they're probably going to keep it within their family and just keep it locked away as much as they possibly can, um, judging by what has happened. Um, I did also read that his son and his father both uh, had uh, falls down the stairs about a couple months apart um, when mm. the painting was moved. Oh, wow. So it, it's it's like responding to that movement. Right. Um, and it, it's targeting anyone that it's that it's near as far as I'm able to understand. Right. But um, that is the anguished man. And I encourage uh, anyone that is brave enough to look it up look up those crazy videos enough. on youtube they're very interesting yeah the, um, YouTube, the youtube videos are interesting painting. the thing on youtube is that if you watch it what happens is um i mean he just set his camera up everyone went to bed in his house and he's and he, he has the camera on the painting and just in the middle of at three fifteen, the painting just like flops over you know no one touched it there's no wires nothing is moving it just it just falls over you know just like okay that's interesting but and then there's another one, as, as Raven said, there's another one. It's a different angle kind of, and you just see this door just kind of shut on its own, you know. And um, um, But what, what really creeped me out about those videos is, and we talked about it earlier tonight, they said you can hear this rustling sound. like It's almost like it's in the walls or something, and it sounds like people move and stuff, and that's what I hear here, you know. It just sounds like someone, like, stumbling around or something, you know. And when I heard that, I said, oh, boy, here we go, you know. But that's as really creepy. As soon as creepy. you said it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I thought of because when you're when you're listening to these clips, it's mm. it's like it sounds like maybe someone's moving ten chairs at once, yeah, right? Like yeah, this, yeah. like this, just kind of a rumbling right. uh, type of a sound that really doesn't have like a home, but you hear it, mm-hmm. and it's not like you know, like you think, oh, it's a mouse in the wall. Yeah, no, 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 no it's not. <laughs> no, no, this would be a huge mouse, and and you hear it's something dropping, you know. Yet they didn't, you know, you hear something dropping yet. You know, like go in the room the next day and there's nothing falling off the walls or anything. So what's going on? Well, you know, the other expert. So so is a spirit can be contained in a painting. The guy's blood is in it. So 
I mean, I, I definitely believe the spirits can be attached to objects like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's no reason why they can't, especially when you think about in the past how little people had a lot of times. So they were very attached to certain things. Yeah, sure. Art, and, you know, an artist who's putting their blood, sweat, and tears into their artwork, mm-hmm. apparently, maybe literally, <laughs> it makes sense that if this was his final message – to the world mm-hmm. that he would attach himself to it. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. still trying to get his message across, it sounds like. Right, right. Yeah, with the tortured artist, the famous tortured artist thing. Wow. It's crazy. And you just watch those YouTube things and they just like creep me out. You know, there's one that's like 30 seconds long and that's enough, but there's one about four minutes long and it's like, wow, what's going on? You know what I mean? I mean you look at it and you go, what's going, what's closing the door? What's knocking the painting down? What's making that noise? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and the other thing is seeing seeing Mr. Robinson because he he films a lot of them himself with the painting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he wants to just like enforce that yes, this is a real thing. I, I mean, I'm not trying to sound mean, but he looks like a defeated man. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks completely done. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, what is this taking a toll on him? You know, I I I would love oh God in another world. I would love to be able to talk to his grandmother and be like. Mm-hmm. How did you get this? Really? Where, where did this come from? How do you, did you know the person? Like anything, because we don't know anything about him. Right. Yeah. It came and from I mean, him. you got to think even if they wanted to, you can't, you can't do any type of DNA. Right. It's yes. mixed in with well, paint. So that's right? a chemical that's going to ruin any type of a sample. Right. And you would have to hope that he had a prior and that he was in the system. And we yeah. have no idea. <laughs> He's in the system. So, so Valerie, suppose if they just like, you know, people say, why don't you just burn the, the painting? What would happen if you burn the painting and there's something I, attached to a paranormal? I just don't personally recommend anybody burn things, you know, that they think might be haunted. It just, that yes. can unleash, you know, we were talking before about just spreading the energy. Like that, that to me is potentially irresponsible because mm-hmm. you don't know where it's going right. if you're releasing it that right. way. Right. Um, so I wouldn't think that that would be a good idea. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd give it to a gift. Someone that I don't like. (laughs) Happy birthday, Mac. We'll apologize right now. (laughs) No, I mean, that's that's how to get rid of it. And and maybe that'll get rid of the the curse that it has or something. It's been in that family all those years. Right, yeah. It needs a change. And so, uh, you know, you give it Give it as a white elephant gift. Yeah, well, right, yeah. They're, They're kind of stuck with it in a way. And I suppose there's a kind of weird responsibility to have something like that, I would. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the, the Dybbuk box. Him. You said that he isn't. Yeah, it, to do it really seems that way. That's a good way of putting it but because so it I don't. Held hostage. Mm. Yeah, he's he's like used to it, and I feel like he just expects it at this point. Mm. And there there is a sense of you know I can't I can't you know be that person that forces this on somebody else when right. yeah like that responsibility. So British, so British, you know. Well, I'd, I'd give it away in a minute. Yeah, I would. So. <laughs> So, so you're so bad tonight. It's better to give than receive. <laughs> so you you mentioned some box. You, yeah, I said it, it reminds me of the Divic box that, that somebody bought as a gift for their mother in an antique store, and she was like, "No, this is haunted. Get rid of it." He tried to give it back. It's like bounced all over the place. I think there's multiple boxes at this point, like a fruitcake at Christmas. Um, but it supposedly yeah. contains a demon. That's that's mm-hmm. the the legend. Um, but, um, you're you're right. I do think there's multiple, and it also did rec- uh, in one of the articles I read. It compared it to the the hauntedness level of, yeah. of a Divic box. Wow, interesting. So so we, this is all happening in England, and it seems like a lot of weird stuff happens in England. 
think I'll find out when I get there. It's a lot of history. While I was moving to England. So that's what I was going to say. England has unbelievable history. England, you know, the Romans ran England for 800 years, so for starters, and there's a lot of history before then and after it. So it, it seems to me like England, plus it's such a small place compared to the United States, but a lot of stuff, a lot of haunted stuff goes on in England. You hear a lot of those stories and a lot of, you know, real stuff happening, not just paranormal stuff. So is that what you think is that there's just so much history there, therefore you're going to have a lot of residual kind of spiritual stuff, it, paranormal yeah. stuff happening? The history definitely helps, the haunted castles. And again, you know, people were defending their castles. It was their life's work to mm. defend these places, to build these places, you know, so they get very attached to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if modern people get attached to things in quite the same way that, that they used to right, in yeah. history. And definitely England is one of those places that still has a lot of that history there. It's a difference if there's yeah. a difference if you build your house yourself or if you move into like a prefab house or whatever, you're not going to get as attached. You know, that's interesting. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, hmm. Well, Raven, thanks very much. Creepy story. The, yeah, that the was excellent. Anguished so man. Welcome, yeah. Anguished man. I looked up some stuff while you Google. were talking, and I'm going, okay, i got to get back to that because, hmm, hmm. pretty creepy. I like the colors. I like, the, yeah. I like those colors. But You know what? I actually like the painting. Really? I don't care for the backstory, but it's like with when I did, like, the hands resist him. Like, I yes. want that painting in my house. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Have you heard of that was, painting? I haven't heard of that one. The hands resist him is this painting that this guy uh, it, it's really almost too creepy to explain but basically this guy was was paid to do a painting for a gallery and what he did was he used himself as a child as a model and it's a kid standing against a window next to him is what looks like a little girl but she's it's, she's actually a doll like an automaton or whatever and then you see kids handprints on the window in back of them and and it's just a yeah weird... they're in front of like a set of French doors it looks like it's right. a, it's very interesting you should yeah, Google yeah. it it's Google real it. creepy very creepy what's and it called is that one called uh, the hands resist him or the hands that resist him either yeah. either either Google search will pull it up really strange and, the, and once again the guy just said well I had to paint something and it and it's taken on this thing and then people same thing they they buy it they get haunted things change things happen and stuff. The hands that resist him, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Haunted paintings, cool. So listen, why don't we do this one? We take a commission break now. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Access Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in wartime. What They Didn't Want You to Know by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show. This has turned out to be. This is ghostly. This is the haunted show. Uh, let me introduce the members of the posse first, and then we will explain. Girls, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. Welcome he's, back. Great show. It's really, uh, he's burning, I have nightmares over it. He's burning sage, <laughs> even though he's. When we wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, nightmares. That's something on the menu. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay up late with uh, Lucia. Just watch. Uh, I don't know, a movie before I go to bed. Explain that Lucia is your dog. I'm going to watch yesterday. That's, really your, do that's your dog, not your maid, right? <laughs> I've watched it three times this week. I don't have sick. Something's wrong with me. What, what did you watch? Have, what I'm did trying, you watch? I'm trying to get the taste of Pam and Tommy out of my oh system. Oh, my God. Now I have to edit this. I want the sweet <laughs> Lily James, not the, not the Pam Lily James. He's crying, folks. He's Honest actually crying. Wow. Wow. And you were so happy <laughs> when you learned Lily James was going to be was. in the porn movie. And now look what happens. Uh. I, look forward to I it wanted so the, the, the Mamma Mia Lily James, maybe. Or there you the, go. I don't know. Okay. Well, you can, I can, I can take the. Uh, you can always write a two letters a day instead of one. <laughs> anyway, have we started the Lily show? James. That's what I want. No Coco, no Switch tonight. And uh, the way things are going, they're probably going to be happy about that. But uh, Willie Chief, our security uh, chief, is here. Willie Chief, Willie Club. Also Hi, nice. Mac. Hi, gang. Whitey, I don't know how to follow that. Whitey I'm, I'm speechless. Once again, I'll say it. He could put a collar on him right now, and he'd be the pope. He'd be the bishop. He'd be someone. You know what I mean? Someone in authority. He just has that look about him. Okay, we're going to get in the casino there, you and me club, okay? I told you. I'm saving up. Okay. All right. Knock some heads down there, maybe. Also with us is... Get him the white, the white Red Sox. That's what I mean? Walk in there like Whitey Bulger. People would be... Would be you know, Splitting, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like yeah. Willie parting the seas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be backing off. The ghost of Whitey. Look at this. Just like that. There you go. You know who Whitey Bulger is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So anyway, I mean, come on. If you're a casting casting agent, right? Yeah. On location, you find this guy. You'd say, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. "Who's this guy? Sign him up for the movie." They'll just call it Whitey, right? Whitey. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, he's a Boston criminal who is now hopefully going on to the afterlife. Now, let, let me just. Introduce uh, a good friend, uh, Raven, up there in Sideways, New York. Raven, you're having a good time, I can tell. You love this I'm stuff. Having a great yes, time. She is. I'm a ghost. Yeah, thanks okay. for having me. And in the uh, studio with us is our good friend, Valerie LaFasso, who uh, is a ghost hunter, an author, and also an empath. Now, let me ask you this. So, Whitey Bulger, okay, killed many people. He was just, you know, a, a really bad, homicidal gangster, mm -hmm. psychopath from South Boston. No surprise, okay? Yeah, but a lot of people love the guy. Uh, but he was one of those guys. He's a Robin Hood type guy. Though he brought a lot of drugs <laughs> into Salty, but he kind of kept it clean in a weird way. It's a very strange kind of Boston crime story. So he dies. Someone hits him with a bag of nickels in a federal prison. All right, he dies. Where does he go? I mean, can he get stuck? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Prisons must be full of stuck spirits. And I'm Absolutely, guessing. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Maybe we should go to the prison. Hey, the and they reappear by entering somebody else's body, and that person now looks like, Whitey Bulger. Can that happen? Wow, the script writes itself. Hey, listen, <laughs> you know the closing down Walpole? This is really local. You know the closing like, down I don't know Walpole? this Willie Club guy. I never, I never knew him until he came on the show. Yeah. And he just struck me right off the bat that, wait well, a second, you better Whitey's be careful not what dead. You say. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I know. Why am I laughing? Yes. Uh, listen, one more local color. You know they're closing down the Walpole Prison. Okay, Walpole right, Prison. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when we were kids, you know, that was the threat. You'll go to Walpole, you know, if you don't straighten your ass out. Right? Okay. Talk about a place to go and look for ghosts, man. That place. Look at all the, the, the really dangerous people who are put there, all the kind of infamous criminals and stuff. Imagine walking through that place. Oh, man. 
I wonder I'm if in. they'll eventually do, like, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, Eastern State Penitentiary, yep. mm. as far as, like, a haunted prison. So yeah. I wonder if maybe they'll do, like, a tour at some point. Yeah, they yeah. Do that. If it's a historic or, like, site, Alcatraz, yeah. They do it yeah. Alcatraz. Wow. Hmm. I want to go to Alcatraz. Yeah, that is no, a place I'm, people I'm, say is definitely haunted. When I was a kid, yeah. they, they cut down, they took down a prison in Charlestown. Okay, yes. And uh, when the prison was torn down. Overcrowding. They all came out. All the ghosts, but you know what they were? Rats. Oh. It took years to clean, and the rats were so bad when they tore that down. Yes. It got all the way so over to where we were. We were three miles away. Yeah, yeah, wow. So maybe those are these dead people reincarnated. As rats. I mean, they're coming out of the prison, they're, they're taken out of their home. You know, they're rats. Maybe if you're a rat, you know, if you're a rat on your buds, you know, in the crime family, you're going to come back as a rat. I mean, do people, I mean, what's, what, what, what do you, how do you feel about that? Do people's spirits go into animals? I believe that souls can incarnate as animals. Mm. And I actually have a story about that where the, a cat that I used to have, it was an orange part Maine Coon. And he was waking me up every night, multiple times a night, meowing, just harassing me. I was not sleeping. And I was really frustrated because I was so tired. And I'm like, I'm either going to kill the cat or I'm going to kill somebody else mm-hmm. or I'm going to kill myself in a car accident when I fall asleep behind the wheel. Mm. So I reached out to a friend of mine who does animal communication as an intuitive. She tapped into the cat and found out that he apparently had been my daughter in a previous life, like not like a different me okay. and a different cat, like different lives yes. for both of us. The yes, cat yes. Yes. soul was my daughter and was reliving my death. So he was waking me up to check on me to make sure I was still alive. <laughs> wow, man, that's quite the cat. Yeah. So as soon as I started talking to him about this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at home talking to a cat about it's okay, this is a different life, mm-hmm. I'm not dying, I'm healthy, please wow. don't wake me up. He stopped waking me up that night. Oh, really? Yeah, yep. okay, he got the message. It was there. it was immediate results. <laughs> so oh, I don't know. What a wholesome story, though. Like your cat is just like concerned. I know, that's very sweet. But here's the thing that I have about cats, not to go on and on about it, okay, but cats just don't care, you know what I mean? They, they, you know what I mean? They're just like a dog is very loyal and, you know, he's always around you. You can't get rid of them sometimes. Cats so. absolutely care, but they care on their terms. On their terms. They, always, <laughs> they, they care when they feel like care. And when they don't, that's they don't. The thing. You know, they're yep. very independent about their emotions and their mm. attachments and, and you. Yeah. They love you, but then if they're sick of you, they walk yeah, away. They walk so away, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get some catnip. Get them hooked on catnip, man. I love <laughs> I, I loved any of the cats that I had. So anyway, so, you know, we, we talked earlier uh, about um, the Anguished Man. That was the name of the painting, Raven, right? By some yes, British guy. The he Anguished put, Man. He put, he put blood in the paint when he painted it, and then it's been in this family and haunting the family. And uh, Valerie, you were going to say something about that. Yeah, so on the break, I looked it up because I was curious. I, hadn't, I thought I'd heard of it and maybe seen it, but I definitely have not seen it before. And my first thought was the artist was an empath. Mm. A thousand percent, because that could be a self-portrait of me at times. Like, I feel, I feel that painting Mm. deeply. Yeah. (laughs) I guess Honestly, it makes sense because it's, you know, it it is that feeling of just dread that you sometimes feel. What I was getting was like, there are times, like, especially what's been going on in our world the last couple of years, you know, the collective fear and uncertainty and anger and frustration anxiety. as yeah, anxiety, all of that as an empath that's crushing See, i was going to say so it's because all this crap going on in the world comes down on right you. and it's it's painful mm. and i've i try to explain to people what it's like to be an empath and i'm like it's like 
turning your skin inside out and having lemon juice and and razor blades thrown at you. Wow. Like it it can be rough and that's what that painting Mm-hmm. says to me is that's what that person was feeling they were feeling very deeply <laughs> and what, why are you oh, like yeah. this because i'm not like this at all all right i don't have any kind of empath nothing nothing so why are you like this i mean is this something did your mother have it or is it passed down um or? i was definitely born this way mm-hmm. it's been it's not something i i just had one day sure. i was born with it i believe my father was but he passed away before i learned the term empath Mm -hmm. um but looking back at who he was i'm I'm fairly certain he was Mm -hmm. um but i honestly think empaths are here to teach other people empathy Really? Um, because i i think that empathy can save the world Uh i think if if every single human on the planet put themselves in another person's shoes before they took any act against that person Mm -hmm. they wouldn't do it that's a slap in the face to Mac because I just said I didn't have any empathy <laughs> two minutes ago. Anyway. You have empathy. I think you use it selectively. I, uh, oh, wow. Well, huh? oh, yeah. I, I, I understand that. I think, firstly, I think music is something that brings everyone together. Huh? Music mm-hmm. is the only thing that yeah, everyone definitely. agrees on uh, on the planet. That's the common language. Right. That's the common yeah. language, you know. But to put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know, I think it's just, I think it's tough for some people to do that. Then I think it's some people who can't help but do it and it affects their own life. Well, and you say you don't have it, but as a writer, you have to put yourself in the character's shoes. You're putting your readers in the shoes of the characters. That is empathy. That is translating okay. messages through empathy. Obviously, she's never read a wingman book. I don't know if I would <laughs> tell the truth. But anyway, wow. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, ever, you know. Um but um, so so, I don't know how to phrase this question. So, like, when you see someone, uh, if you saw someone cut their hand, would you feel the pain? It depends on how connected I am and how much pain they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm very connected to my daughter, very connected to my my boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, and you know, a couple other family members. You know, but there's been times when a coworker has walked in the office and they look fine, and I'll go. Are you okay? Oh. And they burst into tears because oh, wow. I can tell can something's feel, yeah, going yeah. on. And it's, you know, and they're like, oh, my God, I have a toothache and it's so bad and I can't take it. Mm-hmm. And it's just this whole thing. So uh, the, the people you care about, can you um, can you sense that something's wrong with them when they're not around you? Either oh, like, absolutely. Be, you know, fire away or whatever? Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. So it's not a, it's, it, is it, is there a good part of it? Is there an upside of it? Yeah. It sounds they, like it's a lot of, you know, anxiety. <laughs> it, can, it can be challenging, but if you know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's manageable. And mm-hmm. there, there are good things about it. Knowing how people feel is not necessarily a bad thing because you can be more sensitive mm-hmm. to, you know, people in certain situations and help guide them mm-hmm. through things that maybe somebody else, you know, can't do as well. Valerie, can you teach somebody how to be an empath? Not be an empath? Thing? No, not really. Could be born an empath. Yeah, but like, you know, I, I've known several people over the years that I'm like, do you know that you're an empath? And they're like, no, what is that? And mm-hmm. I teach them what it means and how to manage it, mm-hmm. but they were already an empath. Yeah, right. So I, just I, I teach it. them in that way. Wow, wow. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting life, I'll say. So uh, let me just ask this then. What, what's the weirdest thing you've ever come across? I mean, that button factory thing is pretty weird, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, the weirdest thing probably right now is there's a spot in the woods in Epping, New Hampshire. I'm not going to say exactly where it is. Okay, go ahead. Um, the first time I went out there, I got jumped by a spirit, meaning that it kind of attached itself to me and okay. made me feel what it was feeling. And it was 
intense paranoia. Mm. Like I've never felt paranoia like this before. Mm -hmm. um, Were you by yourself? No, I was hiking with my boyfriend. Um, What's he do? He was just hiking. He didn't. <laughs> Did he run away? Like no, a no, no, cat no. But uh, we weren't out there looking for anything. Yeah, sure. It just happened to be in this location. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. after I experienced this, we went back mm -hmm. um, and found there's a cellar hole. There's actually three cellar holes in that area. Um, and there's a lot of weird energy in the area. And the land, something happened to the land in that spot. Like, I think there was some sort of Native American and white man Something. clash yep. and a lot of blood was spilled in this spot okay. and the land became very angry and it now has a consciousness mm. separate from everything around it. Mm -hmm. That's really bizarre to me. Okay. So, wow. Two questions real quick. So, um, first of all, does your boyfriend have any kind of, he's an empath as well, but mm -hmm. he doesn't study it and use it and talk about it the way I do all the mm -hmm. time. Um, so his sensitivity levels aren't, where mine are at because mm -hmm. I'm always kind of focusing on it. You're always on. Yeah. Okay. And do you think spirits are drawn to you because of you have this? I mean, you, yeah. know, you jump. It's funny because you were jumped. When we were kids, if we got jumped, man, baby, we got jumped, you know, and it wasn't by a spirit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a different name. But, 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 you know, why you? Because I could understand what it was, what this guy was going through. Mm -hmm. He was, he had been affected by the land by what, you know, the anger from the land, and it was making him mentally ill in life. Mm. And so in death, he was still confused and paranoid and just really mentally unwell. And wow. being an intuitive, it's kind of like a beacon for, for spirits. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why he saw me and went, oh, I, I can finally talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a really good question. Does anyone have a question or should I just ask my question? Ask your question. Okay. I'm so, fascinated yeah. by what she has to say. So I know. We're all alive. Because right I'm thinking now. maybe some people can be empaths, like she said. She she noticed somebody that uh, exhibited empathic kinds of behavior, and that individual didn't know. And not knowing, yeah, that I could see. They could be an empath. Sure. I right. guess it's kind of a teachable moment. If you could teach somebody to really uh, express those empathic feelings, Would you, then want you to too can become an this empath. This isn't my question, but should they teach it in schools? They should <laughs> teach empathy in schools. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think Definitely. they do, yeah. I just wonder if they would identify people in schools who have a little more empathic. I wish they would because I think school would have been a much better experience for me. I was horrifically bullied because I was a weirdo. Hmm. You know, nobody understood Same. why I was a weirdo. Nobody got it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I just knew I felt and sensed things that other people didn't. I didn't know they didn't sense these things. Yeah, yeah right. You just thought everyone did. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so here's and it doesn't help that people ruthlessly rip you apart for it, yeah. Because you're a little, you're maybe a little weird, you're maybe a little different, and it's hmm. it's your problem, and it's not there. Like clearly, it's your problem. It doesn't bother me, right? <laughs> so, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, they should teach it in school, but yeah, that the talent of empath, of being an empath. Um, I think they do teach empathy in schools. I'll have to check with a teacher I know. But let me ask you this: so. We're all alive right now. What can we do now living that we're not going to get stuck when it's finally uh, time to go? Is there something you can do to prepare not to get stuck? Well, just don't be afraid of dying. Don't be afraid of what you're like. Don't have unfinished business. Okay. Um, you know, people who have certain religious beliefs think that if they did certain things in life, they may go yep. somewhere not good. Yep. You know, sure. my, my father was stuck because he was raised Catholic. 
Yes. And he Uh-oh. committed some sins in life. So he all of a sudden became very fearful at the end of his life and he was stuck for a while. Interesting. So really? making peace with things like that, you know, if you're religious, talk to your religious leader, make peace mm-hmm. with your life. So when you die, you don't have a reason to stick around. Right. Um, I think a lot of people. Attached to things and, the, and you know that coffins don't have pockets. You can't bring these <laughs> things with you. Does that make you kind of uh, want to hang around more? It, it certainly can. You know, people want to stay with their cars. Like um, the, there's the museum out in Las Vegas. I think they have a couple cars that are supposedly haunted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people get very attached to their, their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell I'm you. attached a... to my record collection. I don't know if I can take that with me. Though. It's <laughs> oh. a physical thing. Do you want me to watch it for you? You know, Eileen says that when I go, my kids are going to you know, put that stuff on eBay before I'm even cooled off <laughs> from the flight. Listen. I think, well, one thing I think I really want living people to know, too, is like a lot of times there are people that get stuck because they're leaving behind, you know, a loved one and they want to make sure that they're going to be OK. So mm-hmm. they stay stuck yeah. to watch mm-hmm. over that person, not realizing right. that if they cross over, they can do more good yeah, for that person mm-hmm. than if they stay stuck. So you're better off crossing over right yeah i'm going to quickly tell you a ghost story and i just want to get your opinion on it okay why this might have happened now this is a documented story so back in um back in the 80s well there's a airport out in uh, california john wayne airport okay and it's in a very exclusive part of la and it has very heavy duty noise restrictions on it so you can't take off before eight and you can't land after eight right because they don't want to disturb the precious celebrities right and on Sundays, you can't do any kind of what they would consider acrobatic flying. So one day, um, this plane shows up and starts doing acrobatic flying over John Wayne Airport at like 6.30 in the morning. Clear violation, right? And people got the number off the tail. You know, this plane did this and then headed out over the Pacific. So they have a registry, and they actually had a computer that would send a complaint letter to the person who owned the plane judged on the tail number, okay? And it was uh, Deke Slayton, the astronaut, who had died three hours earlier at his home in Houston. <laughs> okay? And the plane itself was in a hangar wow. in Las Vegas. Uh, he had sold it to a guy and had moved, okay? So how do you explain something like that? I mean, that's not just Was it only seen that one time? Just that one time, yeah, <laughs> the day he died. He was a thousand miles away. That's this, interesting. That almost sounds like he manifested a, a time slip. Of something. Yeah. yeah. And because it was like him. I mean, he used to fly this thing acrobatically. It was a racer. It was a kind of race plane. By the way, that's in Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe on sale everywhere. I mean, yeah, what, what a would, odd story. Be somebody, that's cool. Uh, who co-opted that plane and tried to do the tricks that he did. The, the plane never left the hangar after he sold it to yeah. the guy. You know, so right. it was both a ghost and the plane itself. Oh, you know, so the, weird. And, and bizarre. Dozens of people saw it, and it would have intentionally been done that early. That early to wake people up to, to make them make you know take notice, and the guy you know yeah. who was a famous so astronaut died. Exactly, so they would notice it. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, that's that cool. Special. I like that. <laughs> so wow. So um, listen, I just um, why don't we do this very quickly? We're going to take another break now for technical reasons. We're going to add up our time, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exodus Show here. On the Distant Thunder Radio Network, I know Raven's having a great time. Club looks like he's having a great time. Oh, I am. I'm I just uh, I'm like a sponge tonight. There you go. <laughs> Valerie is having a good time because she's smiling. Also, Juan Juan. So we're all having a good time. And why don't we do this? We'll be right back after this. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. 
When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. What a show we've had for you tonight. A lot of ghost stuff, a lot of UFO stuff, a lot of stuff. Juan, how are you? Juan, Juan is there. Juan. I'm doing excellent. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay. Almost too much. Good stuff. The Interesting stuff. Um, also, Willie Club, our security chief, he is here. Hi, Mac. Wow, things, it's flying by tonight. It's going yeah. so fast, it seems. Yeah. Really nutty. Also, uh, Raven, our uh, good friend up there in Sideways, New York. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thanks Hi, for Raven. having me. Hi, this is going back quick, too. It's so, so much fun. Is all the snow gone? I think so. Yeah, okay. Be mm. careful. So it's tomorrow. It's supposed to be in the 70s, but we're just going to have rain all day. So oh. it's like we get one nice day, but it's just going to rain all day. Yeah, Saturday's New York. typical Binghamton. Is actually upstate New York. I lived there for years, and it's like weather. Oh, man. You just can't wait for the warm weather to come when you live up there. Anyway, in the studio with us, um, and I also know a former resident of Boynton Beach, Florida, right? That's right. right. Good memory. Valerie LaFazzo was here with us. Empath, author, ghost hunter, did an earlier search here of the um, premises here at uh, WXEX. Everyone who listens to the show knows we have a ghost here. And uh, we sure found a lot of evidence, just a lot of kind of creepy stuff happening here. But when we end the show, we're going to honor Bob the ghost. We're going to send him on his way, and let's see if, uh, if that helps, right? Yeah. So I know you were in um, Boynton Beach because um, I have in-laws who live down there. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting place, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I was there. Gosh, see, my daughter was born there. So 19 years ago, almost mm-hmm. 20 years ago was when I lived down there. How long did you stay there? Um, about three years. Yeah, that's about two and a half years too long, right? Yes. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> It's it's there's really no beach there. Um, there are other nice little places nearby, like Delray Beach and stuff yeah. like that, right? Um, but when you think of Florida and you just think of apartment buildings with gates and a CVS on every corner, yep, I mean, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> that's Boynton Beach. It's amazing, you know. I mean, I guess you could live there for the. And there's a lot of golf courses. You live there for the weather, but I hope that we don't have any fans in Boynton Beach. But there's no there there. You know what I mean? You just it's yeah. Just, it, you know, I was a, a single mom of a baby when I was there, and it was really mm-hmm. tough because, you know, it, it. I just didn't fit into the lifestyle. You know, people want to go to the gym and drive fancy cars yeah, and yeah, have yeah. nice clothes, and I'm like, meh. Yeah. It's near the <laughs> I just want to go hiking. 
There's no mountains there's here. There's no mountains <laughs> down there. There's nothing down there, right? Yeah, it's, it's for all of our fans down there. We, we love Boynton. We do. Yeah, I love to visit <laughs> Florida, and I'm glad yeah. that there are people. I have some lovely friends that live in all different parts of Florida, but it just wasn't for me. Hey, Club, do you like Florida? Club. Well, as you know, we used to spend uh, you know three or four months in the winter. Oh. Down there, down in Highland Beach, which is right off of Delray. Uh, yeah, so I love Florida. Didn't didn't go this year because we got an overseas trip. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I love Florida in the winter. Is that where you had the Not float? The is that what where, where you had the float that would carry like a six pack on it, not just a beer? Oh no, that was the house we rented in the villages. Oh, okay. We had our own pool and uh, <laughs> only, only. I love Florida. Only club would have a float that you know. Usually you'd have a beer holder. He has one for six. So anyway, so we had this uh, story earlier. Uh, we read the story uh, earlier today or yesterday, and I sent it to the club because I just thought it was interesting. Now, a few years ago, if you remember, this interstellar object came through our solar system. And, uh, you know, people might think that stuff from outside the solar system comes through our solar system all the time, but it doesn't, right? It, it's only this one. A few years ago, it has this, like, really strange name. It looked basically like a submarine sandwich came into the solar system, went around the sun, and, and left. And a lot of people thought, because it was really kind of, you know, tubular-shaped, this could be some kind of a craft or whatever. And some egghead at Harvard gave it some unpronounceable name, so everyone kind of forgot about it. So then it turns out that the Pentagon, just the other day, released this report of a, of something that happened in 2014. And what it was was they were confirming for the first time that a meteorite from outside the solar system uh, crashed into Earth. Now, we have to think about this for a second. I probably got this bad, this wrong, but it takes you, if you're just in a regular kind of rocket ship, let's say, it, it takes you thousands of years just to leave the solar system. Then you have you have these voids in space and then other solar systems or whatever. So for something, you know, such a vast distance away, light years away, billions and billions of, in some cases, light years away, for a meteorite to be you know, shot at us into our solar system and hit the Earth, what are the chances? You know, I think it almost seems like someone was trying to send us, take a shot at us. Deliberately? Well, I mean, think about that for a second. The vastness of space is like, it's incomprehensible, all right? right? You have something that is from outside of the solar system, which means it's literally light years away. The nearest star to us is like 50 light years away. It would take 50,000 years just to get to the nearest star. This thing was from, you know, who knows where it was from, but it was certainly at least that far away, and it hit the Earth. Of all the places for it to hit, it hits us. Uh, does that make anyone uncomfortable? No. Valerie? <laughs> She's looking at me like <laughs> insane. I mean, think about that for a second. What are the chances? It's like a, the ultimate pole shot or something. I mean, that would hit the Earth from light years away? Yeah, I don't believe in coincidences or chance. Yeah, so. not that one. Go ahead, Club. I personally believe it was sort of a test by some other aliens or whatever that's out in another solar system. That, you know, how we test our missiles mm-hmm. and shoot them up in space and all that. That this could possibly be... You know, a test of this system that they know we're here. And uh, mm-hmm. the interesting thing is, I mean, this media, whatever they called it, it's only a foot and a half in diameter. So it, it wasn't a big object. You right. know, it, uh, so that's one of the concerns is that uh, nobody can address is that, you know, they now have been able to prove that the velocity of that thing 
uh, you know, they've done a lot of tests, but in 2019, uh, they did some tests and they realized that the velocity of the way that thing came in in the angle that it is possible that that came from outside of our universe and that it's something unexplained about, you know, why it came at that speed. But I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, unbelievable that they uh, took the thing that bothers me the most, you know, we've been talking about in the club report about, you know, this, this whole new government agency that's come mm -hmm. up, you know, the, the new space group that uh, it's called the Airborne uh, Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. I mean, well, anyways, when Mac told me about this today, you know, I said, ah, we're finally hearing something from the government, you know, since the group was founded in uh, November. But I, I went in to look at it, and unfortunately, the, uh, the release of that information eight years after it happened eight years. Was, was not by the new group, but the U.S. Space Command, you know, right. that new uh, space group that was developed a few years back as part of the DOD, right. which is USSC. So, you know, I'm, I'm very concerned, one, that why did it take them eight years to want to release this? So if this was just a normal occurrence, you know, some kind of weird thing coming out of another solar system, you know, then you could understand that uh, they'd, you know, they'd release it pretty quick, or at least wouldn't wait eight years. Right. But it, to me, they've, there's something fishy about this, that it took them so long, you know, to release that. Um, and, you know, they don't give any excuses, but it, it's just another thing that it seems like the government is still being very protective. They, and they pretty much shut down this new group. Right. It seems like it's still this other, you know, the space group that's still in, in control. But the fact, and we have never, ever been hit by an object coming out of another solar system. This is a first. Ever. 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 And this is the Pentagon. So, this, so that's what leads me to believe that there may be something to this, that this is more than just some sort of natural occurrence, that it's a meteorite. Um, and, and again, I'm, I, I'm doing a lot of research now trying to see if I can find any more information on it. But clearly something just doesn't smell right with this. Right. And, uh, no. First of all, it's the Pentagon telling us this. Yeah. It's the Pentagon telling us this, not NASA, which is weird enough. But I look, just, just reverse it for a second. Imagine if we here on Earth tried to hit a planet out of the solar system, you know, with an object, you know, a foot wide. It would be almost impossible to make that shot. I mean, let's face it. Or it would take thousands and thousands. I mean, it would take a technology that is way beyond our capacity. And this thing all of a sudden just hits the Earth. It doesn't hit Saturn or Mars or Venus. It hits the Earth. And it came into the solar system at a way higher speed like than an asteroid would or a regular meteorite or whatever. It's like really, really traveling. You know, Mac, and, and if I can uh, add to this, that particular, uh, you know, happening back in 2014 actually predated the discovery of that object, you know, the uh, cigar-shaped cigar object, shape. yep. mm -hmm. which, is, um, um, which I guess we call Oyumanamiya or something. Right, yeah. Meaning Nana Nana Nunu? Yeah, so this happened three years before we saw that other sighting. Wow. So it's almost like they sent something through, and then they First. decided to do a little... Then they sent this thing. Uh, you know, coming along and take a look and see what's going I'm on. But the difference is, of course, the, the cigar-shaped thing headed out. Right. You know, it, went around the sun and took off again. Yeah. So, you know, you got you, you to gotta tie things together. When they aren't telling us anything, we have to make our own assumptions on things. Right. And uh, 
I've always had an open mind on, on what's going on. But uh, I, I hope that we get more information about this. You know how things come out once in a while. But right. I don't know if, if, uh, you know if it takes them eight years just to tell us about this uh, event. You know, I don't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, what else are they going to tell us? Hey, Valerie, I know you have a big... Uh, you know, interest in UFOs, this whole government, this new government agency, it just seems to be more of the same, right? Yeah, you know, I've experienced enough myself. I personally don't need the government to tell me whether or not this stuff is real. So I kind of mm. take all of that with a grain of salt because I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people I don't trust their motives. Right. So, well, yeah, we, I don't we have to rely no on does. them right. to no one tell does. us the truth. Right. But they you know, don't. And they're afraid to. You know, that I think we're all going to just commit suicide if we find out there's really something out there that's eventually going to come and visit us. And so, you know, we have to hear from our government. But I, I the government's not motivated to tell us the truth about that subject matter because, uh, like you said, people would be running in the streets like a. But would they, though? I mean, wouldn't they? That's the old saw. No, they wouldn't. That's, that's the old that's saw that that's thinks. going to happen. But and they don't want to create chaos. They don't want to create a situation where the government's not in control of our. Uh, or defense mechanisms or something. I'm going to throw it to Valerie one more time. I mean, would would there be panic if a UFO landed on the White House lawn? I, unfortunately, I, mean? I think potentially yes, if it happened tomorrow. But I think if we can have conversations, if we can normalize that there is life out there and start talking about that as this is a real thing, there are other beings out there, mm -hmm. they may visit us at some point, and let that be just how life on earth is, mm -hmm. right. then it won't be scary. We don't need the government to tell us, you know, this is okay. We can trust ourselves to know this is okay. Because if they were going to come and destroy us, you don't think it would have happened by now? Sure. Like, right. Exactly. We're insane down here. <laughs> See, the, the, the government makes it, you know, whether they do it on purpose or not, they make it scary. They make it mysterious. Yeah. They, you know, by not talking about it, by making, by being so screwy about it, to, to, to create this new agency. With a title that no one can remember, the club won a book because he knew the title of it. That's crazy. You know, I think that's Why further. I got the book. Did really further obscure uh, Dr. Simeon Hine, a friend out there in the Rock Mountain, um, to further obscure it, to, to put more layers and by and lying about it, saying we're going to be more upfront about it. They haven't done one thing since that thing. We're going to be more transparent. Yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah, it's just BS, yeah, man. Stuff. It's just BS. Yeah, they're trying to make it that way, so then you know, oh, like. We're going to be lazy about it, and we're not going to even bother because they changed the title to this yeah, insane, yeah. you know, uh, what do you call acronym, it? Acronym, stupid, stupid. Mnemonic. Yeah, mnemonic. Right? mnemonic. Yeah. You know, the big thing is I'd like to know this object. Yes. They know it was, you know, a foot and a half in diameter. It landed in Peru. Um, do they have it? Yeah, where is it? You it know, didn't say. So I got a feeling that they someone's got it. They must have it. And they've probably done eight years of analysis on it, uh, or yeah. they, and they might have learned something from that that uh, they don't want us to know. But what a strange that's thing. my other question: is where is this object? And uh, well, the pen survived the impact. Well, I mean, look at meteors come down, and there's always fragments. Right, yeah. fragments. You know, so why yeah, wouldn't the it be? And they, they this thing was like a one shot. A, a it... diameter of a foot and a half. So um, that's why I'm, I'm suspicious is, of this. Why is the Pentagon? They probably have pieces of this thing and have analyzed it. I, you know, well, how would they know? Again, we don't know. Uh, they, they know it's a foot and a half, so they must have it. So listen, the time has come. If Switch was here, he would put the graphic up of the train wreck 
okay, because the time has come for the show to start to wrap up. Man, it seems like we just started having fun, but we had a lot of fun tonight, a lot of ghostly fun, a lot of creepy fun, okay? But now on this, uh, Valerie Lothasso has uh, joined us tonight, Ghost Hunter, also an author and an empath. And now we've been in this uh, studio. Now it's dark. No one's here. Now you're getting the full Mac experience here. Okay? <laughs> It'd be funny full, if we heard something. Full Mac. It'll be completely silent now and everything will be strawberries and balloons. But this is the, this is the time it starts to get creepy. First of all, I want to thank you, Valerie, for, for dropping by, ghost hunting the place for us. Okay. You didn't bring any sage. Why? We expected that. I didn't feel I needed it tonight. Wow. I always, you know, do a check-in when I'm getting ready. What do I need for tools? And I no didn't, stage tonight. didn't need anything tonight. Okay, pistol people come in in the morning. Go, what the F is that? So anyway, <laughs> so, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, come back in a few weeks, and we're going to uh, on a blog when we when we um, close the show out tonight. Hopefully it will help him on his way, right? That's the angle? I think it will. I think he's ready. Okay. All right. I think you're a great spokesman for all this. You know, I mean, you know, you've convinced me. Do you know what I mean, guys? You know? She's legit. <laughs> sure, yeah. for sure. She did a great job. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> and the name, oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it, please. That's uh, 14038. Name your books again, please. Tangled Web of Friends is the series title, and it's Summer Camp is the first book. Um, mm. The Witches of Fish, Fishkill Pond is the second book, and um, The Last Hour is the third book. Mm. And you're working on the fourth? Working on the fourth. What's the title? Um, one comes to it's, I don't have a, a title yet. Okay. All right. That's always a good thing. No title. Great. I'll do the forward. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got to write, you got to read the first one first. Alley. There you go. It's a kid's book. So you have to behave. Is it a kid's book? It's, it's young adult. Oh, it's young adult. Young, young adult paranormal. Oh, for, yeah. Okay. All right. No. If it was a kid's book, kids. It's a paranormal kids. book for like 12 and under. Really? Wow. That'd be an interesting, uh, that's an interesting angle. I don't think it was 12 and under, but I definitely. 12 and under paranormal before, book but... would be an interesting way to go. There's, they, there's a couple uh, out there. They say about that kid publishing, it's a bunny-eat-bunny bunny world. I mean, they really... <laughs> anyway, thank you, Valerie, for joining us. We thank really you appreciate for having it. me. Thank you, Club, for joining us. Thank you, Club, Father Club. Well, thank President. you for having me. Okay. Uh, very, uh, very enjoyable night and, again, very informative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a good get time. a college course out of this right now. Yeah, how about that? Imagine that. course. Ghosting 2.0. Raven, it's the time of the night. We have to say goodbye to you. Oh, no. Yes. I'm so glad that you had me on. This was a this great show. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I love ghost stories. And we did our best tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us. Tell the uh, Scotch and yeah, Water on Friday we say hey. Okay. And the ghost. I will. Okay. Thank you, Raven. I will. <laughs> one, one. Thank you. Well, I got to do the, I gotta do the plugs, Dan. I know I was forgetting something. There we go. Okay. Home Strat Troops. Home Strat Troops is a military organization. Uh, that builds homes for veterans of post-9-11 conflicts. That's the Iraqi war, the Afghan war. These are our veterans who came home possibly uh, missing a limb, having a hard time of it. So what homes for our troops do is they take donations and they build houses for these people, especially adapted to help them out. Low counter space, not a whole lot of stairs, wider hallways, things like that. Things that just you know help out a little bit more to these people who you know, gave a lot for our you know freedom in the service of this country. And when the uh, house is built, they just give them the keys, tear up the mortgage. It's their house. It's free. They deserve it. Homes for our troops. Please Google them. And we've been hearing lately that a lot of our fans have been donating to that. Nothing makes us feel better than that, for sure. Also, Ross Sharp and his mad Englishman friends are putting back together a World War II warplane called the Mosquito. It was made of wood because they were short of steel during the uh, dark days of the war in England, World War II. So they made this plane of wood, but they put Rolls-Royce engines on it, and the result was 
it was so fast in the uh, for a couple of years in the war, so fast Juan Juan that that it that it outran the bullets outran the bullets knock it down. Can you it, imagine that? The pilots would just give a finger to the German pilots and say, "No way, we can go faster than the bullets." Uh, the um, was the Ferrari engine in these things? Or Rolls Royce engines? <laughs> Rolls Royce engine. Imagine a Ferrari engine in an airplane. Yeah. Wow. That'd be crazy. You'd have to stop every 100 feet for gas, though. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, so anyway, and if you want a bag of swag. You're building uh, two of them, right? I think it's more than I one. Think, building yeah, two. I don't know. Both of them, are, you're, you're going to go up. You're going to be the first civilian to take a ride without a parachute from an airplane that was built, put back together from wreckage found in the jungles of New Zealand. Right. How's that sound? Well, get this. When I moved to the U.K., yes. Ross has already hooked, uh, notified a couple of his coworkers, uh, two of which, two of whom uh, – Live near the town we're going to be living in. Wow! And they want and they want me to uh, get together. They gave me the email addresses and said they're waiting for your uh, arrival. They want and I'm wondering if I'm getting fitted. For I was going to say, yeah, measure the seat, <laughs> measuring the seat or something. This maiden voyage. Hmm. Okay. Hopefully, I'll be. Yeah, the guinea pig. Well, don't put it that way. He's only half Italian. No, whoa, whoa. Sorry if that offended anybody. Why won't we can't wait? Just bring that your GoPro camera, okay, for the long yes. plunge down. Okay. Oh my God! The bag I'm of swag. Getting anxiety over it already. If people want a bag of swag, uh, Valerie, you got a bag of swag today. What's it look like? Were you on it It's got some some good stuff, some pins and bar coasters, coasters, yeah, magnets, three uh, D uh, decals, and uh, and uh, buttons and pins. If you want one, uh, simply go to macmoney.com, hit the contact button, and send us your mailing address. Not just your email address, your mailing address, so we can mail it out to you. Okay, go to macmoney.com, hit the contact button, and uh, give us your mailing address, and we will send uh, a bag of swag to you forthwith. Now, we're announcing a new contest. Are you ready for this? Only Raven knows about this. Ready? <clears throat> we want what is it? listeners to send in their name to the Magic Fishbowl. Magic Fishbowl, and we're just going to randomly pick someone's name out, and that person is going to be able to come on the show and ask five questions to Raven. Five questions for Raven by one of the fans. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to enter that. I'm already (laughs) at that. I got about ten entries. These questions will be unedited, correct? Absolutely, I'm going to pick the five questions out of a fishbowl. No, 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 no. The, the fan, the fan is going to, the fan is going to come up with the questions. The fan, our security chief okay. spoke, so they're going to be uncensored. He's wow. not going to pre-read anything. Uncensored. So just uh, go to uh, macmoney.com, hit the contact button. You can send us an email on this. It just goes, uh, you know, uh, uh, five questions for Raven, Magic Fishbowl, whatever. You know, we'll put your name into the Magic Fishbowl, and in a couple of weeks, we'll just randomly take out a name, and that person will come on the show with five questions for Raven. I can't wait. I can't wait for I'm that. Excited. Anyway, I think that's the end of the show. So now, what we have to do with Valerie's, um, you know, instruction, we're going to say goodbye to Bob. We're going to say thank you to Bob the Ghost, and yep. he may leave yep. the radio station. I just happen Cheers to have to an. Bob. A, we're toasting a. Uh, I happen to have an alcoholic beverage. beverage in my hand. We all do, as it turns out. Uh, do you want to lead the or does it have to be one of us? I think he would prefer it to be one of you. Okay. Go. One one go. <laughs> no, I'll okay. do it. I'll do it. No, you do it. You're better at this. Okay. Bob, here's to you, to your efforts, to your spirit. We're lucky to have you around. Uh, we feel your energy, whether it be real or residual or whatever you want to call it. And we praise you and we thank you for being uh, a, a guest 
and uh, to hang out with us. Yeah, the ghost, the ghost that you are. Job well done, Bob. Yes, the job well done. Exactly. It's time, it's time to move. Right. Yes. Thank you so much, Bob. Hmm. Interesting. Well, let's see if it works. And uh, until the next time you hear us, this is Mac for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and... Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>